From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison, I'm Adam Wigger. I'm Mia Wagner. And I'm Michael Mikowski. In this podcast series, we will speak with UW-Madison faculty members and other experts to hear their thoughts on the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the political and global changes that the situation has warranted. This is 1050 Bascom, COVID-19. Today on 1050 Bascom, as part of our career conversation series, we are excited to talk with Emmeline Pratke and Kathleen Rouse to find out more information about what SuccessWorks is doing to develop programs and provide resources for students this summer and into the fall. With the launch of the Badgers on Track program for the summer, we thought now would be a great time to hear more about it. Thank you so much to both of you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. So many students know about SuccessWorks, but could you tell us a little bit of background about what the program does and about what its mission is? Yeah, absolutely. So this is Kathleen, um, and SuccessWorks is a center for personal and professional development, and it is just for the College of Letters and Science students. Uh, Basically, we want to support students and give them the tools that they need to achieve their career goals, whatever they are. So whether it's an internship, a job, graduate school, or something else, we wanna help support you all um, in achieving those goals. And some of kind of the core programs or tenants of SuccessWorks um, would be appointments, of course, with career and internship specialists, um, such as Emmeline and myself, Um, events that connect students with alumni and or employers, Um, you know, A classic one would be a career fair, right? And this fall, those will look a little bit different. I'm sure we'll chat about that. Um, Career courses, which um, both the internship course and our kind of career development course. And then the last thing we do are a lot of workshops and programs on those really common uh, career development topics, right? The networking, the interviewing, the resume cover letter, all of that stuff. So those are kind of... um, some of the big things we do, but really just want to be here to support students in their journey. What are both of your roles at SuccessWorks? Sure, so I can get started. Um, I am the Career and Internship Specialist for Government Policy, International Affairs, and Law, which basically means that I am the advisor for any LNS students who are interested in exploring careers in those areas. So um, I definitely work with a lot of poli-sci students, as you would expect. Um, A lot of poli-sci students have interest in those areas, but not all of the students I work with are poli-sci students. That's one of the really cool things about the SuccessWorks model is that if you're a poli-sci student who's really interested in communications or in health, there are other SuccessWorks advisors who specialize in those areas that you can meet with depending on your interests. Um, So poli-sci students have a ton of different options. Um, There's a great resource in the poli-sci career advisor, um, Joel Clark, Um, But you can also use SuccessWorks advising, just depending on whatever is in line with your interests and your goals. Yeah, and um, over, so my my technical title is internship uh, coordinator, and my role is a little bit different in that I do advising, um, like Emmeline does, and my career community is nonprofit and education. And so Emmeline and I find those overlap a lot. A lot of students have interest in both of our communities and also there's just overlap in those 
But then I also oversee our internship fund, which you may have heard, um, may or may not have heard of, um, is our fund that helps support unpaid or underpaid internships. So that is something that a lot of poly students in the past and currently have taken advantage of, and I hope everyone does in the future. Um, and then I do some specialized internship programming as well as working with our nonprofit employers. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now with internships and jobs for students this summer. And we know there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes at SuccessWorks to address like career advising opportunities and career development opportunities virtually. Uh, can you guys share at all some of the things that you've been doing uh, to help students with these uh, career and internship woes this summer? Absolutely, that's a really good question. Um, so as you mentioned, this summer has definitely not been normal. Um, students are having jobs and internships get canceled, opportunities like studying and interning abroad are being delayed, and there's been just a huge amount of change in transitioning to virtual classes and uncertainty about the fall that's made it a really, really challenging time to be a student. So that's why SuccessWorks decided to create this new program called Badges on Track which essentially helps students continue getting relevant experience, making professional connections, and finding opportunities in this new environment. And there are a lot of different elements to this program um, that are being updated all the time. We're always working on new things, so it's really important to keep an eye on our website as well as on your email to see what opportunities are coming up that might be interesting for you. But just a couple of the basic core elements of this program are workshops that we're doing live um, and then are recorded for later use on subjects like um, finding job and internships in this new COVID economy, networking, building a strong resume and cover letter, and interviewing techniques. So you'll be able to find those on our website. Um, we also are building our independent learning resources, um, different Canvas modules on subjects like building a strong resume, as well as deciding between a gap year or grad school experience. Um, we also have a really great networking guide that if you're deciding you want to spend some of this time this summer connecting with professionals in fields that interest you but aren't really sure how to get started. That networking guide is really helpful, um, as well as just a ton of information about interviewing, job simulations, all that good stuff. Um, one thing that I really want to mention in particular is a case study that will be coming up on July 30th. So um, basically what we'll be doing is it'll be an environmental policy case study where students will be compiling a fact sheet that will go to um, hypothetically a Wisconsin legislator about an environmental policy. So it'd be a really great experience for poli-sci students in particular who are interested in kind of a legislative or policy area to gain some skills and experience in that field. Um, and you'll come away with a really cool deliverable that you'll be able to add to your resume, add to your LinkedIn account to really demonstrate those skills. So definitely keep an eye out for that. You should be getting more information soon. Um, and then I think one other really cool element is micro-internships, which Kathleen will talk about in a bit. Yeah, and one thing that I, um, Emmeline did a great job of summarizing a lot of what we're up to right now. Um, and one thing I just wanted to circle back to is, uh, I know fall may seem like years away to some folks, you know, time is a flat circle in, in COVID-19 days, but um, it's not as far away as, as you may think. So just wanted to plug the fact that career fairs in the fall will all be virtual or most all be virtual. And the public service fair is actually already set for September 16th. 
Um, and that is the fair that is going to have all government and nonprofit organizations and anything to do with social impact and public service. So put that on your calendars now and then um, please keep up on our website because there will be maybe five or six additional fairs this fall because there's just no way we can re recreate the, the Cole Center experience um, virtually, right? So we're trying to break it up into parts. Yeah, it seems like definitely an effective strategy for uh, what we have to do now. But Emmeline, you mentioned micro internships. Can you go into what micro internships are and um, some of the pros and considerations that you have to think of when you're thinking of micro internships? Yeah, I'm actually going to let Kathleen take that one. She is the micro internship pro in our office, so she <laughs> would be a fantastic person to give a little bit more background on those. Yeah, so micro internships are, are, are new, and um, I agree. Lots of folks may have not heard of that term before. Essentially what they are are short-term projects. So instead of a traditional internship, three to six months, maybe um, at in an office full-time, et cetera, a micro internship is going to be basically maybe one project that you would do at a traditional internship or one project that a contractor may be hired to do. And they are, um, well, they vary depending on the platform that you're using, but UW-Madison specifically, we've partnered with Parker Dewey. They're a company who basically everyone um, in the Big Ten and even further beyond, I would say every school and college right now is partnering with because they all are in the same, same boat that we are, right? It's, you know, a lot of internships have been postponed, a lot have been canceled, and we're looking for other ways that students can fill their resume and gain those skills. So micro internships are a great way to do that. And Parker Dewey has been kind of on the forefront of those micro internships. Um, so essentially what students do is they apply to them to a project. So the project will be, you know, building a social media um, strategy for a company or doing market research for a company or there actually is a quite a variety of, of projects that are posted and they are all real companies and they are all paid on the Parker Dewey platform. Um, and that was a huge plus for us, right? There's a lot of a lot of great skill building and career development stuff out there, but it isn't paid. And, that, and we know that that's not feasible for a lot of students, especially right now when your part-time job might have been canceled or, you know, the business is closed. So we highly recommend students take a look at Parker Dewey and see if it might be something they're interested in. I think the pros are to try a lot of different projects. So, you know, at an internship, you're probably a certain type of intern, right? Whereas with Parker Dewey, you could apply to a variety of projects um, and potentially be selected. Now, you know, we will say that, again, because everyone is on this platform now, it's probably pretty competitive. So students do need to still present themselves, you know, they fill out a profile, they submit their resume, um, to be selected and they want to make sure that those are quality materials and then the other kind of difference I would say with normal internships if you will or traditional internships is you know you are going to have to be pretty independent right almost all of these are going to be remote so and it is really like up to you to facilitate 
communication with your quote unquote client or the company that you're working for. So, so there is a lot more kind of like, um, I think self-direction and independence in these than maybe a traditional internship where you have a supervisor that you see every day, something like that. But I think it's a great option for students who either um, are looking to build skills, are looking to um, maybe make some money and maybe their you know, internship, they weren't able to get one or it's downsized or it was canceled, you know, all of the above. So we, we recommend student, or students take a look at Parker Dewey. I know a bunch of students are definitely looking for opportunities like that. What is the deal with academic credit for these micro internships? Is that a possibility? Is that out of the question? Yeah, so unfortunately, that is not a possibility. Um, but we hope that, you know, the kind of good news on this is you are getting paid for it. So at least it's not like the unpaid internship and you can't even get academic credit, that kind of thing. So, but yes, these are not, you're not allowed to take them for credit simply because they vary so much in the amount of time that they may take, right? So some, some projects are going to take you four hours and some may take you 40. And so there just is too much variation um, for you to be like enrolled in a class with them. Fair enough. Kind of moving on now to advice that you guys have for students um, coming from SuccessWorks. Navigating communications right now is a tricky business for students, for faculty, for businesses. Or does SuccessWorks have any resources or advice for how to best navigate communications in these virtual settings? So as we kind of know, it's always really intimidating to reach out to someone to do something like networking or ask questions about a potential opportunity. But with everything being virtual, phone calls and emails are really essential aspects of networking and connecting with people. And because there are just fewer opportunities out there, that networking is more important than ever. So it's really important that students are taking advantage of what they can do and really trying to put more energy and more effort into making those connections. So one thing that I would really recommend is using LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is a really fantastic resource. It's made to be virtual. So it really is something that a lot of people are using in this time. Um, a couple basic things I'd recommend are keeping your profile really up to date, um, using your kind of title and summary to explain what you're interested in and what you're hoping to get out of making those connections. And then when you find someone who you're interested in connecting with, um, really tailoring that message. So don't just send like the automatic, oh, hey, I'd like to connect with you message that LinkedIn will kind of put in there for you. Um, write something really specific about what you're looking for, whether that's like a quick coffee conversation, an informational interview, some kind of job shadowing, be really specific with your ask so that um, they know what, what you're expecting of them and can respond um, with a concrete yes or no. Um, so then I think that's kind of the first step is just making that initial ask, being really clear. Um, and then when it comes to the follow-up, um, what you're gonna find during this time is that people are either really, really busy or really, really bored. And either way, there's a good chance that they might not respond to your first message. So definitely, if you don't get a response within like a week or two, it's okay to follow up. I definitely recommend sending a follow-up message, um, ideally kind of attached to your first message, as long as you're very polite and um, just kind of casual with that follow-up message, it's definitely something worth doing. You're much more likely to get a response if you follow up than if you just kind of leave it there. And then when it comes to the actual conversation, 
it's a really good idea to practice um, with whatever medium that you're planning to use. So one good way to do that is just by making an appointment with your SuccessWorks advisor. Um, we can help you test your tech, talk about like what kind of questions you wanna ask um, and help you prepare. So basically you're doing the same kind of preparation that you would for an in-person conversation with some of these people. You're just kind of taking those extra steps to prepare for it to be online. I know SuccessWorks has like an interview tool and sample interview questions. Are there any other resources that are available to students uh, that come after that initial conversation in an interview? Yeah, so um, Adam, I think you are talking about big interview maybe, and that tool um, you can find on SuccessWorks website or you know successworks.biginterview.com. Um, and it's actually really a cool tool that as you mentioned, there are a bunch of different ways that you can prepare. There are like the top 10 interview questions just in general or top questions for government jobs or um, I've created like a specific one for the Peace Corps that students can do. And what, uh, what that interview tool does is ask you the questions, you know, it's like a video recorded person asking you these questions and then it records your response and you're able to view your response back. And I think that that's really important for a couple of reasons, of course, because that's more, more than likely the type of interview that students are going to experience. Um, maybe for the entire round of interviews now, there might not even be in-person interviews anymore. But also, as we know, a lot of first round interviews are actually taped, right? Like there is no, no human on the other end. Um, a lot of employers are using that as a screening tool. So big interview is essentially exactly what that is, right? So you'll be able to practice that see how you look, see what's happening in the background, um, if there's something funky going on with your audio, your tech. So highly recommend that. But as Emmeline said too, when, if, you, if you want like the, a real human on the other line, we are happy to chat with students with any medium that they um, wanna use, especially, you know, okay, I had a student who was interviewing and they were using Teams and they were like, I've never used Teams before. That's not, it's not one in the video virtual like world that they were in. So we use that specific one for that student's appointment, right? So we're happy to do that with, with students and even do a mock situation with them at any point and they can just make, a, make an appointment with us. When students are applying and thinking of applying to jobs and opportunities, what are some ways that UW students can distinguish themselves from other graduates from other top universities? Yeah, well, all students at UW-Madison, you're coming away with a really great quality education. Um, it's something UW is recognized by employers, UW is recognized by grad schools, so that's not a question. They know that you know your stuff, that you have the knowledge, that you have those basic skills. I think the thing that really UW students can do to differentiate themselves is to show what other things they did with their time at UW. Um, so that can be pretty much anything. UW has a lot of really cool things that you can do as a student. Um, that can be things like really in-depth research classes, research projects that you partner with a professor to go into a certain area that you're really interested in, working with student orgs to develop knowledge that way, working on personal projects, having student jobs. There are just a million things that you can do with your time that show a really interesting kind of 
set of interests and knowledge that are really unique to who you are as a candidate. So I think that's one really important thing is to just do cool things, do cool things that interest you, um, do cool things that give you new knowledge and um, help you learn about different things. And then when it comes to kind of translating that into an application, the cover letter is a really important piece of that. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see in applications for students when they're applying to grad schools or applying to jobs and internships is they'll write a really boring generic cover letter that doesn't even scratch the surface of all the cool things that they've done as a student. So um, that's a really important thing to think about. Your cover letter isn't just a repeat of your resume. It's showing not only that you have the skills and knowledge to function in a position, but that you're someone that they want to work with, that you're interesting and dynamic and motivated. So definitely put some time and effort into the cover letter. I know they're really hard to write and they can take a lot of time and they're usually students' least favorite part of the application, but it's worth putting some time and energy into them. And if you have any questions, it's worth setting up an appointment with an advisor to talk through just kind of how can you present yourself in the best light possible and how can you connect your background and your experiences to this specific opportunity to write a really engaging and really dynamic cover letter. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the concept of cover letter. We've talked with a couple of our previous guests in different industries, and there has definitely been some variation in answers on uh, the cover letter, but uh, it sounds like it is an extremely important part of the um, application process. Yeah, it really is. There's a reason that they ask for a cover letter um, and not just a resume. So it's worth kind of putting that time into that application document. Um, if you haven't written a cover letter before and need some background, um, one of the workshops that we have coming up um, on July 9th will be specifically how to write a strong resume and cover letter that help you stand out from the crowd. So if you're interested in that one, that would be a good session to attend. Again, it'll be recorded and available on our website but you can also just meet with an advisor to um, help get that really tailored and really specific information as well. Continuing off of the previous question, are there skills or skill sets that either of you find that LNS students um, typically have to develop as they are applying to uh, jobs and opportunities? I'm thinking of specifically like skill sets that would make them good in a range of industries like statistics, Excel, Essentially, like what should students be working on, LNS students, uh, to make themselves better candidates? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I, I, I love this question because, you know, you all are getting an amazing liberal arts education as poli-sci students or as UW-Madison, you know, College of Letters and Science students. But yeah, there are some things that maybe you, you haven't taken a class on or um, isn't involved in the major that you've chosen. So there isn't, um, I, I wouldn't say there's like specifically, oh, X skill is what you need to develop. I think it really depends on the job you're trying to get, right? So if you want to be, you know, a market researcher, um, but you don't have those kind of like Excel skills or some modeling skills, you know, you know that data is actually going to be important in that then absolutely like identify on the job description what what parts of that you don't have and then try and find a way to fill that gap and 
you know, a lot of times when we find gaps, they are kind of those technical skills, right? Like a certain software or advanced Excel, right? Like we all know how to type into cells, but that's not exactly what we're talking about when we talk about advanced Excel skills. Um, statistical like analysis, um, social media, right? Like we all think we know social media, but do you know social media from a, a company perspective, right? From a strategy perspective, um, or do you just know it because you have your own you know, profile? There's a big difference between those. And what I would really recommend is that students take a look at Duet's website. There are so many amazing, um, amazing trainings on Duet's website that specifically involve some of these skills. So if a student identifies a skill, I almost guarantee there's gonna be um, something on Duet um, that has an online training for them. And then Duet also links to something called LinkedIn Learning, which used to be lynda.com, if anybody is like familiar with that. Um, and that is just so many trainings. Like I can't even tell you, they have a training for everything on LinkedIn Learning. And um, really, really recommend students take advantage of that because other folks pay tons of money to take those trainings, but we have a subscription for UW-Madison students. So check that out. Um, tons of great stuff there. And I do think this is also a great question. Just, you know, if you didn't get an internship this summer, this is what you should be doing this summer is developing those skills. Maybe you can volunteer somewhere that is asking you to use this skill so you can help develop it. Um, and or, you know, just start taking some online courses, et cetera. Because I don't think employers are going to be as hard on students about this summer as maybe they would have been, right? They're not gonna be like, why didn't you have an internship this summer? I mean, it's probably pretty apparent why you didn't have an internship. But what they will ask is, well, what did you do with your time instead of this internship? And they want to see that you're still doing some of these personal and professional development activities. Yeah, that is that is excellent advice for everyone uh, looking at jobs right now. Kind of as we're wrapping up our time, a lot of students are wondering if holding off on their graduation and adding a degree or adding a certificate will make them more competitive as a job candidate. Does that hold up against what you guys see at SuccessWorks? Yeah, well, I mean, during my time as a UW undergrad, I really loved that my LNS program uh, allowed me to double major in poli sci and French, earn a certificate in European studies, and get honors in the liberal arts, because it really allowed me to take courses in everything from physics to music, European social history to ancient religions. And it really helped me develop a good foundational knowledge of subjects that seem really unrelated to one another, um, but it helped me find connections and really make meaningful um, kind of connections between those subjects that seem on the surface unrelated. And I think that was a really important aspect of developing kind of my own personal analysis skills and kind of outlook and perspective on these areas. Um, however, do I think it would necessarily make you more competitive for a job? Probably not. Um, having a certificate or a double major in an area can be great in that it shows that you have an interest and knowledge in those areas. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have more interest or knowledge in those areas than someone with a single degree. So it's really more about um, kind of how you can show 
those skills um, in ways that aren't necessarily like related to your degree. So I think there are exceptions to that though. Um, for example, if you added a certificate in a hard skill, like a language or in a tech skill, um, kind of like what Kathleen was talking about, um, if there's something that's in demand in your area of interest, that can be a really great way just to demonstrate that you have that skill or knowledge. Um, but as Kathleen mentioned as well, there are other ways to develop those skills and knowledge areas. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a major. Um, you can also use that extra time if you decide to pursue another major to really delve deeply into a specific niche or specialty knowledge. Um, for example, if you're interested in something like international development and you want to add something like the African Studies Certificate and use that time to really go into a deep research project on the impact of structural, develop, structural development programs or something like that um, that's very specific and tailored to that field that will give you kind of a new set of knowledge that you can use in the future, then that can be helpful as well. But it doesn't necessarily need to be a major or certificate. Um, however, I do really understand kind of the impetus behind making this decision. It's really scary to graduate um, because you're so used to being in school. Um, your time at UW-Madison is something that you understand, that you're comfortable with. You've been doing this for a while. Um, and starting a new job is really new and really scary. And especially at a time like this, that feels very uncertain. Um, that's a really hard decision to make. So I think I understand that decision and it's definitely not a bad thing. It's not going to hurt you if you decide to stay for another semester and explore a new area, develop a new skill. That's okay, that's great. There are things that you can do with that, but it isn't necessarily going to be Kind of the thing that opens doors to new opportunities. Um, so if you decide to do that, also really be careful about your time. Um, use it to try to find a job or an internship or something that gives you some of those hard skills as well. And if you decide that you do want to graduate and move on, um, if you're confused or unsure about what that looks like or what you can do, come talk to us. Um, there are options out there, there are opportunities out there, and you can pursue them. So I have a lot of conversations with my students about the idea that a career is not a linear path. You don't always start where you end up. So maybe this first job out of college, it might not be what you expected, it might not be what you planned on, but that's okay. There are still a lot of different ways that you can get wherever you want to go, and we will help you get there if you decide that that's what's right for you. So it really is, it's a challenging decision. It's really, it's a scary time to be graduating and looking for jobs and we understand that, but you do have options and you do have people to help you with whatever you need to be able to get there. Yeah, that is all excellent advice. Um, thank you both so much for taking the time today to join us and discuss uh, the important work that SuccessWorks is doing. Well, thank you for having us and fulfilling my dream of being on a podcast one day. So super excited to chat with you all. Um, and we hope that we, we see some PolyFi students virtually and or chat with them on the phone soon. For more information regarding the podcast, please visit polysci.wisc.edu and search for 1050 Bascom. For more information on the university's policies and responses to the pandemic, 
please visit covid19.wisc.edu. You can find more episodes on all streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to 1050 Bascom COVID-19. Stay safe and take care of each other.